I think we'd all agree these are pretty crazy times uh, here in Melbourne. We're still in lockdown. I think it was uh, 16th of March was the first kind of state of emergency announcement. So that's been over 150 days of uh, various uh, restrictions and uh, we're in the middle of stage four restrictions now. I was driving to the studio this morning and uh, Melbourne's like a ghost town. And I don't know about you, but it kind of feels a little bit like an apocalyptic movie, you know, um, people not around, empty streets. We've got to wear these masks. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to wear a mask and have my glasses not fog up. I'm, I'm not sure about you. And so, you know, this is this is crazy. Um, it's having a huge impact on the economy, on health and well-being. And I was reading uh, one commentator that said this is really a generational catastrophe. It's an interesting description, isn't it? Uh, but without doubt, uh, COVID-19 is causing a lot of uncertainty and anxiety and stress and I'm sure like me, you're missing uh, seeing family and friends and having to make a lot of adjustments in your life. And so uh, today I thought we'd just, in that context, in that reality, share a few thoughts around how to nurture your own emotional well-being, how to nurture your own emotional well-being. I don't know if you remember back when we used to be able to fly on airplanes. That seems a bit of a distant memory now, but you know, if you've ever been on an airplane before you take off, there's that safety spiel that we all listen very attentively to. And uh, somewhere in the in the spiel, there'll be this comment, in case of an emergency, an oxygen mask will fall down. And who do you put it on? You put it on yourself. Uh, have you ever thought that's a bit selfish? I mean, you know, shouldn't you put it on your neighbor? Uh, but, but no, you put it on yourself. You know why? Because if you're not breathing, you're of no use to anyone. And so self-care is not selfish. It's really important. Self-care is not selfish. And uh, we see this uh, truth emphasized in a, a number of writings in the New Testament. For instance, uh, Paul in Romans twelve eleven says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor as you serve the Lord. The message, the message Bible puts it this way, Don't burn out, but keep yourselves fueled and aflame. In other words, as you go about your purpose, and you know most of us are doing our best through the week to make a contribution to the world, to serve, to offer a product. As you go about serving, don't lose your passion. Don't lose that sense of fire and enthusiasm. In other words, we've got to look after ourselves. In another place, uh, Paul says, Galatians 6 verse 9, don't become weary in doing good. You know, most of us are, are doing good things and the challenge this coming week is probably not that you're going to do the wrong thing, but maybe you get weary, tired, fatigued doing the right thing. And so again, we need to give attention to our own well-being. Uh, again, in speaking to some leaders in the church at Ephesus, he says, keep watch over yourselves and the people God has given you to care for. That's Acts 20 verses 28. Notice the priority. Give attention to yourself. And, you know, if you're a leader today, uh, or maybe a business manager or a business owner or an executive, it's so easy to be busy looking after everybody else that we can neglect our own well-being. And so I believe the best gift you can give those around you is you being a healthy person, you giving attention to your own well-being. And so self-care is not selfish. And so today we want to look at some ways that we can be healthier in a specific area of our life. We could talk about physical health today or spiritual health or relational health or financial health. There's many, many aspects of well-being. But today I want to focus particularly on our emotional world, uh, how to nurture your emotional well-being. And, and there's lots of ways that we can do that. 
um, taking some time for rest, for relaxation, for recreation or soul care. I don't know about you, but I, I like to walk every morning. My wife and I have a little pugalier named Nikki, and so we love to walk to the park. Um, I like watching a good movie, reading an interesting book or playing the piano or cooking up a delicious meal or watching my favorite sports team, at least when they're winning. Uh, so there's lots of things you can do just for your own well-being. But today I want to focus on one aspect, and that is giving attention to what I'm going to refer to as internal stress, internal stress. You know, there's a lot of external stress right now. Uh, we've already mentioned it. You know, we can't see family and friends. We've got COVID-19 and this huge health threat from this pandemic. Um, we've got financial challenges. The economy is in upheaval. Uh, we can't travel. Uh, shopping has been dramatically affected. So we've got all these external stresses. And you know what? Most of them we don't have control over. Um, it's just the environment that we're living in. But, you know, the real danger is not so much the external environment, but what's happening on the inside of us, something called internal stress. Uh, you know, we all have what I'd call stress coping capacity. Uh, some of us have a huge capacity to handle stress. Some of us might have a medium or a small ability to handle stress. Let's just, for example, say you've got 100 units of stress coping capacity or ability. That means you can handle 100 units of stress and you'll be okay. If it goes to 101, you're kind of over the edge. But imagine if you're using 80 of those 100 stress coping ability units, you're using 80 of them on stuff happening on the inside. How much external stress can you uh, handle? Uh, only 20. If it goes to 21, you're over the edge. You ever seen someone where a little thing happened and they lost it and you go, what was up with that? <laughs> you know, maybe you were that person. Well, could I suggest to you that it wasn't the little thing that happened but that little thing was one thing too many because they were possibly carrying a whole bunch of internal stress. And so, so where does internal stress come from? Well, there's lots of different sources of internal stress, but I'll look briefly at three of them today. Number one is unrealistic expectations. Number two is emotions that have the potential to negatively impact our lives. And then number three is unresolved conflicts. These are three major sources of internal stress. Let's, let's unpack these a little further. Firstly, unrealistic expectations. You know, all of us, myself included, we have unrealistic expectations about a whole range of things. About God, you know, if you expect God to answer yes to every prayer, well, that's probably a little unrealistic. We have unrealistic expectations about ourselves, that we'll never make a mistake, that we'll always have it together. We have unrealistic expectations about other people, about work and about life in general. And the more unrealistic expectations we have, the more internal stress we create. Uh, secondly, as I mentioned, uh, emotions that um, have the potential to negatively affect us. Uh, emotions like anger and worry and fear and resentment and and jealousy or hatred, you know, these emotions use a lot of our energy on the inside. You've been shopping and got one, uh, got a trolley with one wheel that wasn't working. I mean, how annoying is that? You know, it's squeaking and squealing and, and you're sweating and just, just one wheel not working is incredibly draining on a, on a shopping trolley. You know, a one emotion on the inside of you that's having a negative effect is exactly like that. 
It's draining and it saps a whole heap of your energy. And then thirdly, there are unresolved conflicts. Ever met a person who was offended 10 years ago, but it's like it happened yesterday? (laughs) Uh, You know, it takes a lot of energy to keep an offense like that alive. And so unresolved conflicts, relational tensions can also um, cause a heap of internal stress. And so these three areas all contribute to the amount of internal stress we're carrying. And as I said, if, if we've got you know, 80% of our stress coping ability used dealing with those kinds of things, we don't have a lot of capacity to handle the inevitable external stress that comes our way. And, and so what can we do? What are some practical solutions to reduce the amount of internal stress in our life? Let's talk about unrealistic expectations, obviously, is to embrace more realistic expectations about God. You know, sometimes God says no to my prayer. Sometimes he says slow, you know, sometimes he says grow, and sometimes he says go. It's it's not always a green light, you know. And so just adjusting my expectations about God and how God works in my world, sometimes the timing's not right. Sometimes I need to grow and God's not going to change the circumstances. There's some character he wants me to develop. And so just being realistic about God and his involvement in our life, being realistic about ourselves, you know, Uh, I'm a bit of a task oriented person and I have a task list for the day and uh, often I'll finish the day and I'll focus on what I didn't get done (laughs) rather than what I did get done. And so I've had to adjust my expectations about what you can accomplish in a given day. Uh, I'm sure you've all discovered that most things take a lot longer than we expect them to. And so, you know, it wouldn't be great to finish the day by going, it's been a really good day because I did those three things and they were uh, realistic uh, expectations for the day rather than having 20 things and I only did 15 and I'm just looking at the five I didn't accomplish. You know, those unrealistic expectations on yourself create stress and pressure. Some of us need a not to-do list. (laughs) You know, we just got too many things we're trying to do. So just adjusting our expectations on ourselves and and, uh, and other people. You know, people will be late. People will let us down. People will not show up. And so just being realistic about other people, about our work life. You know, uh, Alan mentioned I used to be a minister at a church. And I remember as a young minister, I came into this role and uh, my expectation was that I would solve every problem in the church. I thought, yeah, that, that, that's my goal. And I soon <laughs> realized that as soon as I solved or helped resolve one set of problems, there were a new set on the doorstep. And so I had to adjust my expectation to realize the goal is not to have no problems and everything fixed and running perfectly. The goal is simply to deal with what's in front of me now. And then when that's sorted, there's inevitably going to be another issue that emerges, just adjusting our expectations and about life in general. Uh, What about COVID, COVID COVID-19? How long is it going to be around? You know, if you think it's going to be all over next weekend and life will be back to normal, well, you're probably going to create some stress for yourself just through that unrealistic expectation. So we want to avoid being pessimists, but we want to avoid being naive optimists who aren't brutally facing the facts. There's a book by Jim Collins. He's a great business writer, and he wrote a book called Good to Great, and he talks about Admiral Jim Stockdale, uh, a high-ranking military officer in one of the worst prisoner of war camps uh, during the Vietnam War. He was there in prison for eight years. 
was tortured and had no promise of freedom or hope, but amazingly he survived. And afterwards, uh, when he was interviewed, one of the questions they asked him was, who didn't make it out? Who didn't survive? You know what he said? The answer is easy. The optimists, the ones who believed we'd be out by Christmas and then by Easter, they couldn't handle the devastation. And so the lesson Jim Collins draws is we must never confuse faith that we will prevail in the end, which we can't afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of our current reality. And now what I'm what am I saying? I'm not saying we're going to be in this COVID prison for 8 years, but I am suggesting that we would benefit by being realistic. And if you think things are going to get back to normal pretty quickly, then you're probably going to be disappointed. Uh, This is a major issue that we're facing, and I don't think life will be quite the same. And so just adjusting our expectations. You know, it's as simple as when you go shopping this afternoon. If you're expecting every item you want will be in stock, well, there's probably going to be something that's not in stock, you know. Um, Just adjusting our expectations about our current reality starts to lower the internal stress. And when we're highly strung and when we're stressed out, often it's because We've just got these unrealistic expectations about a whole range of things. So that's the first thing is to work at just adjusting our expectations to be more in line with reality without losing our hope and our optimism, just to be a bit more realistic in our thinking about life in general. The second uh, cause of internal stress were emotions that end up having a negative effect on us. Things like anger and worry and fear and resentment and jealousy, as I said. Um, You know, emotions are a little bit like indicators on the dashboard of your life. Uh, If you're driving in your car and the red fuel light comes on, you know, don't get the hammer out and smash it and go, you negative thing, stop bothering me. Yeah, You know, the red light is your friend. It's getting your attention that something needs your focus and your attention. And so emotions like anger and worry and anxiety or fear, uh, these emotions are getting your attention. And we're not to be ruled by them. We're not to ignore them. Uh, We need to actually think about what we're going to do in response to them. And so if we're carrying a whole bunch of these kinds of emotions inside and we're not addressing them, then that's going to use up a whole bunch of our coping ability. And so thinking through, why am I angry? Processing your worry, your fear, your your resentment, whatever those emotions may be, don't ignore them. Reflect on them. Think about them. Lean into them. Feel them fully. It's not so much the emotion itself, but what we do about it. You know, sometimes we need some help here. Sometimes we need a a counselor or a friend or a, a safe, mature person that we can just download or externalize what we're feeling and and talk that through. You know, the book of James, uh, James 5.16 says, confess your sins, your faults, your stumbling areas to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. I think sometimes the way we live our life is if you've got an issue, don't tell anybody, sort through it yourself and no one will ever know. Now, James is saying, you know, sometimes our healing, sometimes our, our breakthrough, sometimes our... Um, our moving forward happens through the conversation of the things we're dealing with with somebody else. And so if you get stuck, if you get stuck in an emotional area that's just sapping a whole heap of your energy, don't be afraid to, to make a call. Talk to a pastor, talk to a counselor, uh, talk to a spiritual director. 
you know, um, quite a few years ago, my wife and I had a, a day off together and uh, we were living out in Upper Beaconsfield at the time. And we'd taken a drive um, out uh, to Cardinia Reservoir and we're on this back um, gravel road and we're just driving along. We'd had um, some uh, lunch out together and on this gravel road, we saw some emus to the right. And, uh, um, you know, you often see kangaroos, but uh, there's a bunch of emus. And so we said, hey, let's stop. Let's take a couple of photos. So we stopped on the gravel road and I started reversing back a little to the left, and I didn't realize there was a huge ditch there. And so we started to slide down. I went, whoa. So Nicole got out and directed me, and, and she said, go forward a little bit. And I went forward, and I went further into the ditch. Go backward a little, and went further in the ditch. We were in trouble. We were stuck. And so who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. Um, called the RACV. And so got on the line and said, hey, we're stuck. Can you come and help us? Anyway. About 30 minutes went by and we had some uh, intense fellowship about my driving skills during those 30 minutes. And then eventually this uh, old uh, kind of pickup truck came around the corner, a guy with a couple of teeth missing. And uh, I said, oh, we're waiting for the RACV. He says, I am the RACV. <laughs> I mean, this is rural Victoria. And before long, you know, he had his rope out and he had us out of there and uh, we survived. Now, what's my point? It was pretty embarrassing for me as a guy to get on the phone and go, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I need some help. But you know, if I hadn't have made that call, I'd probably still be there arguing with Nicole. I had to get on the phone and say, I need some help. And I just mentioned that today. You know, if there's some internal stuff in your world, uh, emotions a little bit like the weather, they come and go and they're always there. But if there's something that's just really draining you, an issue that you haven't been able to resolve or process yourself, you know, make that phone call. Uh, Don't go it alone. And then the third area we talked about uh, was unresolved conflicts. As I said, it takes energy to keep an offense alive. Uh, And, and, you know, life is all about relationships and getting on with people is not always easy. Come on, let's be honest. People can be incredibly annoying at times. Um, I refer to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper, you know, brother Sandpaper, sister Sandpaper. There's always someone that rubs you the wrong way. And, you know, you can leave your workplace or leave your neighborhood or leave your church. And uh, they've got cousins everywhere. (laughs) There's just always people that will annoy you. So conflict is inevitable. It's more what are we going to do when that conflict happens? You know, the best marriages are not problem-free. In fact, one of the, the keys to a successful marriage or relationship is the ability to reconnect emotionally after a conflict. It's not never having conflicts. It's your ability to resolve that conflict. And so it's really important that we not ignore the conflicts and the tension that comes up in relationship, but do our best to to resolve that. You know, there's different ways that we respond to conflict. I once heard of some different animals that kind of describe some of the main different conflict management styles. Uh, uh, maybe you're a teddy bear today. The teddy bear is the person that hates conflict and will try to you know, value the relationship so much that they'll give in on their goals and their intentions just to keep the peace. Uh, maybe you're a, a bit of a teddy bear. Uh, or maybe you're a turtle. You know, the turtle is the person that just hates conflict, pulls their head in and just waits for the dust to settle, gives up on their goals and the relationship. They just kind of withdraw in the face of conflict. Or, or thirdly, maybe you're the shark. <laughs> the shark is the person who likes a good argument tends to go on the attack and can be pretty aggressive and um, doesn't always make a lot of friends but often gets their own way. Are you you a bit like the shark? 
Or fourthly, are you the owl? The owl is a wise bird that tries to balance the goal they have and the relationship and seeks to navigate them together. Uh, each of us have a tendency. And so you, are you the teddy bear, the turtle, the shark or the owl? Of course, we all have a fallback position. You know, if, if you push a teddy bear too far, they can morph into a shark. <laughs> have you ever seen a fairly calm, quiet person suddenly go on the attack and you go, where did that come from? Well, you probably pushed them a little far. Or a shark, if you push them in the corner and they don't get their way, they can morph into a turtle and they can go off and sulk somewhere. Uh, we all have a primary style and a bit of a fallback style. And there's a fifth animal, and that's the fox. The fox is a situational conflict manager. And I think this is where we should aim because not every issue needs the same response. You know, on some issues, just be the teddy bear. It's not really worth losing your joy or the relationship over. Just, just yeah, well, that's fine. Well, let's, let's go with what you want to do. Sometimes be the turtle. Just pull your head in. You know, there's a lot of intensity in the air. Just pull your head in, let the dust settle. That's a good approach in some situations. Sometimes be the shark. You know, sometimes we need to be a little assertive. You know, there's a big difference between being aggressive and being assertive. And so sometimes we need to just say, hey, I don't like it when that happens. Could you please not do that? It's, it's okay to be assertive. Uh, sometimes we have this superficial niceness that we've always got to kind of turn the other cheek and, and never assert ourselves. And then sometimes we need to be the owl. You know, I've found when it comes to conflict, we've got to value the relationship more than the issue. You know, when my boys are little, they used to fight and I'd come in and they all wanted me to be on their side. But my heart as a father was, stop fighting your brothers. <laughs> now, who hit who? The issue was secondary to the relationship. And, you know, in our world, relationships are primary. Love is the most important thing. The issues are important. But if we put the issue above the relationship, we'll often struggle resolving conflicts. Uh, don't desire to be right more than you desire to be reconciled. If you've got a heart for reconciliation for the relationship, you'll be far better at resolving conflicts. And then you can talk about the issue. And so do your best to resolve the conflicts in your world. And so I wonder today, as we talk about nurturing your emotional well-being, we're just focusing on one area, and that's the area of internal stress. Uh, my prayer for you is that your internal stress will be as low as possible. So you have the capacity to handle a heap of external stress, all those things that are beyond our control, this global pandemic, all the things that are happening in your world and work. You know, we can't control all that, but if we can keep our internal stress low, then we have the capacity, the resilience, the strength to handle the inevitable pressure that we're all under. And so I wonder if there's some expectations today that you have that, if you're honest, they're a bit unrealistic. And could there just be a bit of a tweak, a bit of an adjustment, maybe just to lower the bar of what you're expecting and to celebrate and have a, a whole bunch of extra joy in your life just because you're making some adjustments in your expectations about God, yourself, others, life, work, whatever it may be. Have you got some emotions inside of you right now that are having a negative effect and the red light on your dashboard is flashing? You know, that red light is your friend. Don't ignore those emotions. Lean into them fully. Feel them. Reflect on them. Why are they there? Why am I responding this way? And if you need some help, don't be afraid to ask. 
And then finally, got an unresolved conflict. Yeah, come on, it's inevitable. We, we all have tensions and issues, but it's what we do about them that's most important. And so is there a phone call that you could make today? Uh, is there a conversation you could have? Uh, help me understand. You know, in most conflicts, there's wrongs on both sides. Uh, you know, let's say the other person is 90% wrong and you're 10% wrong. Yeah, that's a pretty good ratio, isn't it? Uh, we can so easily focus on their 90%. Well, you said and you did. You know, sometimes if we just focus on our 10% and just deal with that and maybe lead the conversation with, you know what? Hey, I'm really sorry for what happened the other day. I overreacted a little bit. I got a bit heated. I'm really sorry about that. Would you forgive me? You know, you just focus on your 10%. That softness, that um, openness often causes a person to then go, yeah, well, look, I reacted a bit too. And uh, suddenly you can reconcile. And what a wonderful feeling there is when peace comes back into a relationship. And so as we wrap this up today, the best gift you can give the people around you is you being in a healthy place. That's the best gift you can give. And no one else can do this for you. Ultimately, you're responsible for what's happening on the inside of you. And so my prayer today is that despite all the things happening externally in this crazy time, uh, you would have a a greater sense of peace in your heart, a greater sense of joy, a greater sense of, of love on the inside of you. And as your internal stress is low as possible, you'll have this amazing ability to be resilient during these turbulent times. Hope that's been helpful for you today. I'd love to pray with you. And so let's pray together. Dear God, I don't know everyone who's listening today, but you do. You know what's happening in their world. You know where they are. You see and you hear and you care. And so, Lord, we we can't control this current environment we're in. It's uh, It's crazy and so much of it is beyond our ability to change right now. But we can deal with what's happening on the inside of us. And so I'm praying today just for each person listening to take some practical steps, to think about their expectations, to give attention to their emotions, and to do their best to resolve conflicts in their world. And I pray as they do so, as they do their part, that your Holy Spirit would come alongside them and help them. I pray today for a supernatural impartation of peace, even in the midst of this storm, of joy, even in the midst of some pretty contrary circumstances, and a sense of your great love today for each person listening. I pray that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.